was it, what was your sense of the world when you think back to childhood? What what sort of memories do you have? Uh, well, they're largely to do with being in the uh, the high hills where we lived. Beautiful tracks. And uh, absolutely gorgeous. And then we were right on the edge of the of, uh, the Wellington, uh, excuse me, <coughs> of the harbour. In what part of New Zealand? Wellington. Okay. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Right on the end of the first of. Uh, what was New Zealand like back then? Well, well tucked up everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the. Uh, all the science and all the, well, most of the science and most of everything that was done was all about really nothing other than you know, getting the right sheep. Oh, it was really <laughs> nasty. Right dairy cows. And uh-huh. all, yeah, I've just described the two biggest money Industries, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But now it's become the very fancy foodie mm. place. Yeah. I had a weekend there. It was amazing. Mm. It's very pretty. It is. I have to also say, if, if, any, if, if anyone's wondering what the noise in the background is, because people notice these things and they go, what? Now, what is that? I should reference it. So it's an ox- oxygen machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Does that, uh, do, is that something that has to be on the whole time? That's for your yes. wife, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, do you grow up brothers, sisters? Yes, I have an older brother and a younger sister. Yeah. Uh, my brother was, uh, or was until he retired, he was uh, uh, engineer, IT engineer. Okay, yeah. Built huge things and uh, he uh, was one of the workers on, one of the prime workers on NATO's, uh, NATO is? Yeah. Yeah, well, he was one of the engineers that uh, put together NATO's very strong spy stuff oh wow for NATO yeah and of course he had to sign all the sort of documents that he was never going to talk about to anybody and nothing would be revealed tell me can, can you explain again because people are going to be listening will be going NATO yeah heard of it but can you explain NATO NATO yeah North Atlantic Treaty Organisation what sorry the, na- the, the national <laughs> NATO is the national now, 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 forget it. Um, <laughs> NATO is God. Is the national? Something. Anyway, it's a. It's a. Uh, I know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a military. Like it, it, it's a military thing. Right. Uh, everybody was terrified of the Russians in those days. So, yeah, so he worked on the kind of machines that... Could listen in to them? Yeah, is it that yeah, kind of stuff? Uh, not that he was allowed to. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> so he created... Oh, he was one of many who, who built the things, yeah. So, so built the listening in devices but wasn't a- able to listen in? No, no, no. Because that's how you keep yeah, track of that, who knows what. Yeah, that rule. How fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Was that based out of New Zealand or he moved out of New Zealand? Oh, no, he was in, in England. Right, okay. And frequently in and out of uh, France and Germany. Right. Mm. And purely working on that particular whatever it well, was. Well, no, but it was in the end. They wouldn't let him leave because he knew too much. Oh, but then he got quite ill and they had to uh, let him go. So he went home to New Zealand and got married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. And uh, it was much better. But it would be a strange life, wouldn't it? 
Oh, uh, yeah, weird. Um, and what about your mum and dad? They well, were born and bred New Zealanders? Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Um, my grandparents were Australian. Um, my, gra- my mother died two weeks short of her 100th birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Dad died of a, a really horrible thing happened to his guts. Oh, <laughs> and no. uh, he died off almost immediately. Two weeks short of a uh, hundred. Yeah, getting a cable from the. Uh, oh God, that's. And she, uh, she, but she used to say, she would, she did not want to go to that, to that uh, line in my life. I did not want to hear from that woman. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to hear from the queen. Uh, she was a terrific girl. Oh, was it not a royalist, obviously? <laughs> That's so fun. Do you think she ducked out to avoid the the letter? No, so I said, well, it's, it's the part she was getting public relations and all other things that she didn't get involved with. She was quite antisocial. Was she? As am I. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that would, that, that would have probably been quite a differ, differing uh, opinion, I would have thought, of her generation. Didn't most people love the royals? Wasn't that... Oh. My mother did. Yeah, no, but, I love that. And, She's... <laughs> and, uh, Dad couldn't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care either way. No. But see, people must think like I did. Oh no, what you know? Like I mean, as I said, it's always horrendous to to, to lose someone you love. But two weeks shy of hundredth birthday, mm. like that's such a huge physical, mental, everything achievement, mm. and also so many people relate it to, oh, God, you know, you get a letter from the Queen and, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And and then she, no, didn't didn't get there, but didn't, didn't want the letter anyway. Still lived a long, long, long life. That's amazing. So when you were growing up in New Zealand, like as a, as a young boy, what did you aspire to, to, to do it? I mean... Oh, it was very simple. During the war towards the end of World War II, yeah. um, the local newspaper called the Evening Post had a, a photograph of uh, a guy in a trench coat and two hulking characters alongside him. Yeah. And uh, I could read at that stage because my mother taught me to read on the papers. And he was a famous foreign correspondent. Oh. And I thought, that's, look at this guy, wow. <laughs> I thought, yeah. So I was taken away with the romance of it. So from that point on, and I was always a writer. From Were the time you? I was a small boy, yeah. Were you? And yeah. that was something that, you just, that, that was just there yourself, or was it something that was encouraged? No, it was never encouraged. Really? No. Just a born writer? Yeah. And uh, my father didn't want me to go into newspapers. He says, no money in that, son. <laughs> and was there no money back then? There's still no money in it. That's five pounds, 18 and fourpence we got paid a week. Wow. Which wasn't even enough to live on. So you so you fell in love with, the, as you said, the romance of, of, of this kind of figure. Yeah. So how did you go, like what age were you and how did you go about first? Because uh, as I'm told, you, you became a successful foreign correspondent. So 
how, what, was your, what were your early days and how old were you? What, in newspapers? Yeah. Oh, when I, when I was just turned 19. Oh, young. Yeah. And I, Man with a mission. And I got a, a, a... I didn't have to go into the military reserve. As they, you know, you, everybody had to do it. You get a whole year working with the, with the Army or the Navy or the Air Force. Uh, and since at, uh, at high school, I, uh, I'd uh, give you an opportunity to say Army, Navy, Air Force... All secondary schools did that. Yeah. I think because... Uh, so you'd missed World War II in terms of age, but yeah. you still had to do your, your, your service. Oh, sure. When yeah. you were young. Yeah. See, this is what we, you know, we, we don't remember. Yeah. Except that I got out of it. You got out of it. Yeah. Well, in school, I had uh, passed all the ex- military examinations and I proved that I could uh, fire naval... naval Armaments, yeah. AK guns, and uh, all that sort of stuff. I was very successful at that, and so the Navy was very keen that I should go. Yeah. My father, God bless him, without telling me, went and told the Navy, yeah, grab him. And it's the last thing I wanted. So, oh. so oh. <laughs> thanks, Dad. So I said, yeah, so I, I refused. And uh, a guy from the Navy came round to our house and, uh, and said, uh, what is the problem? Why would you want to join <laughs> I, us? And I said, because I, I don't want to kill anybody, but I do want to write about people killing other people. <laughs> yeah, I want, to be on, I want to be on a different perspective yeah, of the killing. Exactly, yes. Wow. So, where was your first job? I was a cadet reporter yeah. in Wellington. Yeah. yeah. At the Evening Post? No, no. no. At, at the, the Dominion. Dominion. Yeah. And what was your job? Because New Zealand is a dominion. Right. Mm. Okay. So what was your job in those early days? What did you have to do? And how did news come in? Like, what was the newsroom like? Oh, well, basically you got assignments. Yeah. From the chief of staff. Was it mainly local news? And then... No, no, no. 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 Most of it would be, but uh, a lot of it was getting around in the the circulation area of of the paper. Mm Mm-hmm except that the top end of the South Island was also part of it, but uh, we never got around there. Well, that was okay, and I'd only been a cadet for 18 months when the, the biggest paper in the country was the New Zealand Herald in Auckland sent their deputy editor down to recruit me. I don't know why. I mean, I was, well, it's a cadet report, for God's sake, I mean, but anyway. Wow. Well, yeah, obviously it. they could see something different in the way you were tackling that to maybe well, other cadet reporters. Yeah, I really don't know. He also snaffled uh, two guys from, one from Nelson in the South Island, the other one from Christchurch in the South Island. Great guys. Great, they're all dead. Uh, so what was the, what was the, I'm just trying to like picture, what was the, a day-to-day newsroom situation like in, in what, what, what age, uh, sorry, what year roughly would it have been? Oh, uh, what did you say, 1938, so nothing? Yeah, 1938. So late 50s? It was, eight, it was, nine, it was 1958. Okay, right. Okay, so transcribing or making note of whatever, yeah. you know, they think's relevant to compile into yeah. one newspaper. How did 
How did the news come in from around the world into a newsroom in those days? Oh, by its association with all um, media affiliations affairs. overseas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so was it like? Or Reuters and uh, other news organisations. Yeah. yeah. So you buy into those. Yes. And uh, so that's how you, know, you, you got them into working with the uh, the foreign office. Yeah. Evidently. But how did it come in? Like what, what did it? Oh, in, in uh, very large old-fashioned users, they are now nobody uses them. Yeah. It's just a keyboard. Yeah. That sends out into the into the into the all the other papers because they had a. Uh, all the newspapers had an agreement together. They would change, they would not go in exclusive unless it was in their own town. Yeah. But if it was in their side of the town, no way, you've got to share it. Right. Yeah. What was that, what were those machines called? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. Challenging it out. Yeah. Because I'm just quite fascinated. I can't um, remember now. But did they, were they like, I mean, they Obviously, weren't like a fax. What? Well, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Came, Somewhere yeah. in between, like a fax and a typewriter yeah, kind of yeah, thing that was right. yeah. obviously automated of some yeah, sort. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. So then, obviously, so was the cadet job to be kind of like, you know, trawling through what was coming through and going? No. Like, well, it, well, if you were the, uh, <coughs> everybody had to do a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just running around getting stuff and, yeah. and uh, getting in touch with the police and then getting on first term names with the police and the ambulance men and all that sort of stuff. It's a lot of networking. Mm. Yeah. And uh, after that, <clears throat> I went on a ward and as a cadet, and uh, wow. I, wasn't, I wasn't the only one. Uh, you keep playing yourself down, but you were still obviously a very good cadet. <laughs> yes, I was actually. Yeah. Yeah, but I had a very good mentor. Really? What, what do you remember of your mentor in those days? Oh, I loved him dearly. And what still was his did. name? His name was Kilburn Cormac Keane. Wow, what a name. Yes, his father had been the editor of the Christchurch paper. Ah. Yeah, and, and so he kind of mentored you, took you under his wing. Well, his son did, yes. Yeah. He was already in his, well into his 50s. Yeah. Most of his career had been in Australia as a journalist. And uh, he just took me under his wing. What do you remember him teaching you that was really oh, valuable? Oh, no, he, just, he would say, if, if he had anything to say to me, he would just saunter down to my desk. <laughs> and uh, if he liked it, he would quote one line out of the story in my ear, yeah. And uh, I didn't really think that it was uh, you know, brilliant or anything like that. I just became brilliant much later. <laughs> but that's his, that was his way yeah. of going, nice one. Nice one. And how would he, how would he, what would he do if he thought it was average? Uh, I never got one of those. Oh, you didn't? Oh, you never sauntered down with that. You sauntered no, down with a, no. love this quote. Yeah. What do you think made you a good writer? I mean, I've, I've had a columnist position with the Adelaide Advertiser for seven years, but it was 650 words, which yeah. is not a lot. Yeah. Um, and they pretty much just let me do anything. But it did give me, it certainly 
I wasn't a journalist, so I didn't come into it like that, um, but I was working on radio at the time. But what I found that it really helped me with and, and still helps me with, even podcasting, writing descriptions and stuff, but also it helped me on air because I was quite new to radio and my boss would say, um, you know, look at your columns. He said, you know, because I had three minutes to tell a story, which to me in those days was about, you know, a hundred too short, you know, <laughs> you know, and he would say, come on, edit, you know, find the, the headline, middle and ending, which is very basic. I'm sure your process was probably a lot more... Intense. Yes, <laughs> and interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, a lot of it was uninteresting. But, uh, I was envious of a couple of the other cadets who were ahead of me because, uh, by luck, they separately had strolled into really big stories. Really? Oh, what yeah. sort of big stories? Do you remember the stories? Oh, yeah. One of them, uh, Ramon Hodlum, whom I've known for many, many years and who's the backbone of the, uh, the Hong Kong Tiger of Pope. He's been there oh, for years okay. now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ray happened to be on a very stormy, rotten day. The harbour was high. In Wellington? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boy, it really gets a southerly wind. Believe me, the one thing I do remember about Wellington is the wind. <laughs> Although we did have one day where there was no wind, and I thought that was rather lovely. Yes, yeah, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. So you, there was a, a concrete wave breaker going out into the sea. It's about that wide. Yeah. And uh, Ray went right to the end of it in time to see three ships no you'll never get a story of that big again in his whole life With utmost respect, I am interrupting this beautiful conversation now for a moment to thank my sponsors, Freedom Aged Care. So when I decided to do this podcast series, which really came from a genuine place of feeling like the one generation in our society being talked about the least was actually the one we needed to be listening to because these people have lived so much. So I decided to give an aged care company a go and I chose one that I'd explored during my search to find somewhere for my dad to live. And I instantly loved what Freedom appeared to be about, which was celebrating the lives of their residents, but doing it with a really joyful touch. And I contacted a guy called Craig Flett, who's one of the family members involved with Freedom Age Care, a guy I'd never met. And in an email, I poured my heart out on why I wanted to do this series. And to my great surprise, he instantly said he wanted to get on board. As he put it, Freedom's residents have together lived a million years of life, a fact that the company is really intensely proud of. So it's become a really beautiful, authentic union, and it's allowed me to get paid for what I love doing, and for them, hopefully, it highlights their commitment to honouring the people who have led long, brave, and interesting lives, and people who deserve not to be forgotten. So now, back to my wonderful guest. Well, I was a cadet one of the, the old, old hands in the office uh, had a little business running on the side. And one of his, they're called, uh, I forgot what we used to call them now, but anyway, one of them was the Danish newspaper. Oh, yeah. And he said, uh, he said, I'm getting too old for this. Would you like to take over the, the, the Danish? You're supplying stories to... To the Danes. And you'll be paid for it by then. Mm. 
So I did that, and uh, that made me, kept me alive, in fact, because I didn't have much money. And uh, then many, many years later, I was in Germany um, for the um, the German, the West German, um, when they were having their, their uh, I've lost the German, um, but no, through the elections, oh, I, yeah. I was there, and, and the reason, and I wasn't the only one. There were other guys from all over the world because it had been put around that um, what was going to happen in Germany was a the Nazis yeah. rising again. Again? Oh yeah, because there was a Nazi party. They didn't call themselves part, part uh, Nazis, but that's what they were. That's what people were sensing, oh, and yeah. people would have been so. Yeah. So every day we all went out on different things um, span out there were 12 of us from newspapers all over the world and one of them was the editor-in-chief of the Danish newspaper and so he knew me by what I'd written for him <laughs> and so we went and had a terrific lunch wow. <laughs> and lunch oh god in the end I had to t- t- tottle out because I had worked it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and of course, he didn't. He is the boss. Yeah. <laughs> he was a great, great, great guy, and he told me all about the Nazi occupation of Denmark. Oh my God, that would have and, been no one. Imagine he would have fallen out of that. Uh, yeah, newspapers weren't allowed. Oh, so, so, so he told you all the stuff that the newspapers weren't even allowed to print? That, yeah, that's right. About what they, they were, felt they were really going yeah, on. Yeah. And what was that? What, well, what was his? What was so his sense? Uh, he was a very young man at that time, and yeah. he was one of the very young men mm. journalists. And so his sense who would rush out into the night, yeah. separately, and then come back in, and they put out an illegal newspaper, and they did that every week until the Nazis were defeated and went out. It's a sensational story. Oh I wish he'd write a book. In fact, I think he did write a book. So. So sorry. So they. So the the, tw- the twelve. The, so the group. The group. Yeah. Put out uh, an illegal newspaper. Well, that's no, not not the twelve. Oh. No, the twelve was. Oh, no, us, it was just this. Yeah. Okay, right. It was just this guy. Yeah. So there was a guy from the BBC. There was a guy from the Scottish newspaper. There was a guy from oh everything all around Europe. Nothing out. Nothing outside Europe except me. Yeah. And I I got there because the ambassador. And first officer at the New Zealand, excuse me, um, God, why can't I think of things anymore? Uh, well, it's the embassy, yeah. the German embassy. And it was they who got me there. And the reason they got me there was because they said I was very fair. I didn't just go for the diamond stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or try and hear yourself. Well, story. well, yeah, and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, if the heroism was there to be had, then of course it's part of the story. Yeah. But um, we all took a, a bet that uh, the how much of the of the total settlement uh, would be pro-Nazi, and they all said, "Oh God, yeah, but what's this, what's going to happen here?" These are all. Oh. Sorry, how much of the settlement? What do you mean by the settlement? Oh, when the with the, uh, the, the so the post it was over 
Yes, and it's all what, over. What, what happens when it's over, then it all gets sent out again, you know, to, to, to all those, because they were, they were never just single parties in those, they were all, uh, well, most of them were combinations just like ours. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, so well, you, so you, all, you all believed that there was going to be another Nazi-style No, party. I... I uh, I go around a lot, and a lot of them really spent their days and nights in, very, in different pubs and things like that. But, but the guy... Journalist, really? <laughs> but uh, the guy from... Oh, there's a very big British magazine, I can't think of the name, it's a very famous paper, I don't know, I've forgotten it. I'll probably remember it once yeah, yeah, gone. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, <laughs> the Observer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the that's Observer, a good one. Yeah. So he put the most money up that it would be the neo-Nazis take the take the uh, the game. Wow! And so we all wow. had to we all however much money you have we pulled it all and guess what? You won because they didn't. <laughs> so I got it. I said I said no, it's not going to be that. No way! Germans aren't that stupid, <laughs> and uh, that's not going to happen. Oh yes, oh yes, you mark my words of the old bastard from from <laughs> from England. God, he was sub himself. Terrible. I was wondering what it would be like kind of uh, working as a journalist after something as huge as, you know, Hitler and the Nazis. Yeah. Um, and because I guess when you were growing up, but probably maybe not, you know, old enough to be aware of sort of the rise of Hitler and all of that sort of stuff. I'm sure <laughs> your parents were all sort of hearing about him yeah. in the international mm-hmm. news and whatever. And, and it, 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 it's quite fascinating to think, especially, I guess, you know, our version at the moment seems to be Trump and I'm not comparing him to Hitler, but in terms of wondering just how crazy he is and, and how far he will go and how much damage he can do, you know, yeah. I think that's, you know, that's that's a global unsettling feeling. But to have been around while the through the rise of Hitler and then the Nazis and then to find out what they actually did, you yeah. know, Yesterday morning at 2.41 a.m. at General Eisenhower's headquarters, General Jodl, the representative of the German High Command and of Grand Admiral Dönitz, the designated head of the German state, signed the act of unconditional surrender of all German land, sea, and our forces in Europe to the Allied Expeditionary Forces and simultaneously to the Soviet High Command. Well, I've been I've been back there three times. Have and, you? And, yeah, and it's, I love Germany. It's really yeah. ter- really terrific. And as, yeah. as Elizabeth says, the German women were far more elegant than the than the French. She was absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Germany has remade itself. Big time, yeah. really big. Yeah. And the most important thing they've ever done, I think, for themselves, it is, was British M- um, MP. Oh, God. God, it'll come to me later. But anyway, he was given the task immediately after the war of rewriting the laws for Germany, future Germany. 
really? Yeah, Aniran Berg. Aniran Berg. Yeah, no, his name, what's his first name, he was Welsh. Oh, okay, right. Um, and, uh, so a non-German person came in to write the rules for Oh yeah. Germany. Yeah, but what he did, was that was all, um, there wasn't a day-to-day rules or anything, it was all to do with industry. Wow. Because most industry in Britain had been wiped out and they needed to rebuild it. Mm. And the only one around who could rebuild it in quantity and quality were the Germans. So, I mean, I don't even know what you call that. So, what he did was to uh, do for the Germans what he had never been able to do in that role in Britain. And it was very simple. When you have a board of directors in whatever company it is in Germany, at least one of your workers will be on the board. Right. And that's what he'd always wanted to do in Britain. Yeah. And that worked, and still works like a charm, because the two elements go together, unlike this place. Yeah. Yeah, where the, you know, the stupid, stupid political parties in Australia yeah. really are. It makes me want to get up and put a baseball bat. And <laughs> yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty frustrating political. Oh, God. And the, the, the other thing that really... You know, that I nearly said something bad there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've yeah. heard the right to be oh, able look, to say it, whatever almost, word you almost, want to use. It, it really gets to me that so much attention is paid by the media on politics. And it's all irrelevant. What do you mean by that? Well, because they clash all the time. That's what it was all about. It's the clash. It's okay. the clash. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. 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 How about finding out what we want? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, well, we have polls. We yeah. did polls. Well, that's not good enough, I'm afraid. Yeah. And you better start doing something about the people that you put from the party into the parliament. Mm-hmm. Think again. Mm-hmm. Why don't you scrap all that rubbish and instead make up an organisation of of the country's greatest achievers. Yeah, that's right. Okay, in one way or another. And uh, forget about the politics. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It's Groundhog Day on both sides, isn't Mm. it? The whole whole thing is just like... Yeah, it's just rubbish. A big sea of Groundhog Day. It's just so irrelevant. What do you think of the media now? Like, you you obviously obviously worked... I hate television news. Yeah, tell me it, why, because it's so wide. Because, it, because every story is so short it can't possibly be covering the ground and doesn't even try most of the time. Why should it do it? It's got to have more stories. Mm. So then you have Four Corners, which works. And uh, I don't know anything about the uh, uh, that other thing that runs from Channel 9, what do they call it? Oh, right? 60 Minutes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm thinking, I can't think of anything like that on Channel 9. Oh, yes, there, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, idiots. Yeah. Absolute idiots. It, it's, but do you see, having worked in quite a few different media organisations and, and, and being on the side of having to create stories, I know how, I know how it works in terms of the theatre of... Uh, what they put out mm. and you know whether it's talkback radio or it is the news um and i'm talking you know the commercial networks not the abc but not saying that they're perfect but the commercial networks you know the, the recipe is to create fear mm. um to be sensa- sensationalized something yeah. so then you've planted a seed 
of a story that people feel like they have to sit down and make sure that they're watching it because the fear is to not know, is to, you know, the lack of information. And then they drag it out for a long time. And so these themes can just... Well, unfortunately, all those people don't read newspapers. No. They don't. No. And there's no way that a television news piece lasting three minutes can ever possibly have got you to the guts of the story. Mm. just doesn't. No. They pick up one little phalange. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> like actually, my column, like a headline, middle and end, you know, it's <laughs> literally, they're probably doing... Anur and Bevan just came to me. <laughs> oh, right, okay, the, German, the Welshman yeah. wrote the laws for yeah, yeah. German industry. Mm. Best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. What do you make of the world? And I don't know whether you're, you bother engaging with it because it's so chaotic and, and so sort of oh. idiotic, but the, the state of the world, which is obviously being stirred up by Trump, um, and the fear of Trump, because, mm. I mean, I find, I mean, it's very easy to dismiss him as an idiot, but where I got super uh, agitated with media organisations was when he is going around making these sort of like one or two line statements of, you know, um, you know, fire and fury and, you know, we're yeah. coming to get them and all that sort yeah. of stuff. What, as you said, right, so you cannot, in, in a small space of time, you cannot be actually explaining a story properly, and, which is exactly what I'm thinking when they say, oh, and Trump said this in this tiny news piece, I'm like, why aren't you saying that what he is actually threatening is to kill children, to kill, you know, elderly people, to kill animals, to kill this, to kill that? That's what he's saying. I and mean, no, it's not just no, dropping no, no health uh, organisations... Yeah. For the people, that's all been killed. Obama yeah. put them there, and the, and the whole of the of the, of the uh, Republican Party said, "Yeah, and it's, kill it." That's exa- That's right. Kill it. Mm. That's right. Like what? Let's talk about what is in that word "it." Mm. You know what he is just threatened to do, mm. because you know it, 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 he's in such a position where. You know, he has to have integrity of his word. I mean, you and I can get out there and be sloppy with the way we speak or the way we kind of threaten someone or whatever we do, because really, is it going to have that much impact apart from make us look like an idiot or upset people? But he potentially uh, annoys, you know, the wrong nutcase of a, a, you know, in charge of a very, very, very big country. That's what makes me nervous, and that's where I find. The state of the world is, is frightening, and I'm not saying it's any more frightening than it has been in other eras, because you've lived through them, but what frightens me is the media is such a mess, and when the media is a mess, and there is a maniac that's, you know, so basic with his words, and, and, and almost like a small, obnoxious child, and there's another small, obnoxious child over in North Korea, that's kind of... Do you think the world is just a bit of a, a mess and there's nothing to worry about, or do you think we're living in... Falling uh, apart. Yeah. Do you think it that? Is. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got... See, you, you come from a place of a lot of knowledge of whether you can sense that based on all the other eras you've 
One of the things I regret not being in, in Sydney anymore is that a lot of guys who like me had done all of that. Mm. We're all been in but separately. And uh, we had a favourite pub. You know, it's good. Sorry, yours? The Shakespeare Hotel. I know exactly. You know the Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then the, the straw, it, um, straw, is it, the, the, well, it's in Surrey Hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and New Zealand is just around the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Old Street, yeah. I think it's probably the, the last of those classic. And I think, the, I think the journos still go there. They don't. Not as much. No, they don't. Oh, they don't. They're a different breed now. They're, uh, they don't. Also, I think they made it a bit trendy upstairs, which. Oh yeah, it's probably well, not what you guys want. Oh well, <laughs> sometimes there's uh, ladies up there. Some of the guys think that's a pretty good thing. Oh okay, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh yeah, I see yeah. how that works. Yeah. Better than upstairs and down here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> some old drunk, some old drunk that looks like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we get together several times in a year. Oh, you still do. Well, we did until we came down here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I hadn't been for some time, we were trying to clear up our own messes. But, because uh, we were coming down here. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, what we would do is, uh, everybody talked about what was in the newspaper, or newspapers, or radio news, and yeah. all that sort of stuff, and we'd pick on something. the story that was, yeah. was swirling. And we'd have a little contest, <laughs> which was, which one is the truth? Oh, I love that. Which one is the truth? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's what we Do you did. remember one of the last ones you had? Like, uh, topics? Yes, yes. Oh, we'd get very so, angry and, <laughs> and start shouting. Oh, I bet you did. Yes, I can only imagine that. It's Jenna's. What was one of the last stories that you guys were debating on that? It was, uh, oh God. I admire him, he led the Labour Party, the big fat guy, and uh, he got set out, he, he finally he became the, the envoy to... Kim Beasley? Yeah, Kim Beasley. Isn't yeah. that terrible that, mm-hmm. I just, isn't that terrible that I just joined the dots like that after you saying yeah. big fat work? Well, I see Kim Beasley. Yeah. yeah, I know you're from an era where that doesn't seem you know, shocking, but yeah. we're not supposed to say things like that anymore. <laughs> we're so politically correct. Yeah, it's so like, like, like the other thing. Because you guys you, weren't politically correct. You can't, you can't correct. say something very complimentary to a woman because you get sent to jail. <laughs> well, you don't, but you, <laughs> you can't You've got to be real careful yeah, about yeah. how you present your... I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, so what was Kim Beasley doing? The truth. So the truth. You know, what's the truth? Oh so what, he, what, no! What was the truth about why yeah. he was lifted out and oh, shoved away? He was. It, it yeah. suddenly. Yeah. yeah. He was the flavour of the month, and then he suddenly got smuggled off oh, overseas. Yeah, but he was he was broken before that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't think I ever got to the bottom of as to why, because uh, he was neither left wing or right wing. He was a centrist. And uh, centrists are really the only non-stupid ways of operating in this uh, uh, politics. Yeah, I think so. It, it, it all gets whipped around the place, and, and it's 
it's like living in a, in a storm of uh, <laughs> people's old hats or something. Yeah. It's, a, it's raining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so do you think, are you saying like a centrist is someone that, like for a political party, that they at some point go, you know, people really like him, you know, because he's, 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 you know, he's a bit overweight and he seems, you know, kind of he's very relatable and all that sort of stuff. Let's go shove him forward. Mm. And then the minute they end up on the nose, mm. let's find him a job in Kazakhstan. Do you think that, do you think Julia Gillard, what do you think, and I need to wrap it up now, but um, Julia Gillard, do you think she was someone that they kind of thrust forward and said? No, I don't. What do you think? Do you think she was she genuinely thrust, very, very good? She thrust herself forward. Okay. Uh, on that memorable night where she had heard that the well, girl. I know she actually did, but someone obviously encouraged, you know, it wasn't just like who's going to step forward first. Why do you think they chose her? Because Bill Shelton said so. Oh, okay. So thrust her forward because she's going to last two seconds well, no, and then I'll come I don't come know up. that he went that And far. then I don't look like the backstabber. Yeah, I don't know that he went quite that far. But uh, that's where the Labour, when Bill Shorten was at that time, he was not a major figure in the politics himself. That was all to do with trade unionism. Yeah. That's where his strength uh-huh. was. And uh, unfortunately, he still doesn't get politics. <laughs> In my view. No. And as for Julia, I think uh, what was done to Julia, not by the parties, but by the people. Well, there were sections of the the people who could really have gone down well in in, uh, Nazi Germany. Honestly, the stuff that went on. Yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And there's no shame. Yeah. And the media. Yeah. Where was the shame? Yeah. About what how they treated her. Well, yeah, as far as they're concerned, as, as they always are, the same way. They're full speed ahead. Yeah. There's something going on over there. Well, we'll have a look at it and see. Well, yeah, right, bye. Have another look over there and see if it's, that's worth getting into or whatever. Yeah. It, it strikes me as being... There's some very good television journalists around, but they're not on the... Pre- most of them are not in the... Uh, what do you call them? The... the uh, well, they're not. They're not, yeah, the commercial television. No. What do you get out of television is largely, with a few exceptions, junk. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, any final words that you could, uh, words of wisdom that you could uh, tell myself and other people listening on um, how do we become, uh, how do we discern in this uh, era of mess? Yeah, well, uh, I don't know that it's going to be resolved in time soon Uh, but really so much of uh, politics is unnecessary just the people don't want it nobody wants it but it's the clash yeah beautiful scored a big one today yeah in the house well frankly bullshit yeah yeah we don't need it don't want it I wouldn't mind driving the bulldozer when it knocks down the Parliament House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look out for you on the media coverage of that. <laughs> 
like to thank Freedom Age Care for introducing me to some of its wonderful residents for this series who together have lived a million years of life. To find out more about Freedom Age Care, head to freedomagecare.com.au. Thank you.